programmatic issues. The first one was around gender-based violence. We want to express that we have submitted through to cabinet for approval the victim support bill and policy, which will then be processed through uh, to parliament accordingly. We've increased capacity so far as social workers are concerned across provinces. As it relates to COVID in particular, we have about 1,800 so additional social workers that we will be contracting um, and who will be dealing with um, uh, issues relating to, to COVID. Um, we've rolled out gender-based violence, substance abuse and victim empowerment uh, and social crime behavioral and social behavioral change programs, particularly at higher education institutions. And those are ongoing. Uh, we thought that uh, whilst there's a, a major focus on girls and the girl child and women in particular, that we should bring in some programs related to men and boys. So we have men and boys assemblies that we uh, uh, are doing throughout and the deputy minister leads us in that regard. We thought that we would change the 16 days of activism against women and children uh, to to be a much more action, uh, uh, well, rather create an action plan that would not only relate to 16 days, but beyond 16 days. So we have a 365 days program uh, that we are working with. We've also increased access to psychosocial support services, uh, and we're working with NGOs in shelters, uh, in Kuselela centers and Tutuzela centers as well. Uh, the second issue was relating to investigations into Tutuzela centers and chairperson. Uh, in terms of the uh, psychosocial su support services that are rendered there, and we're working on a policy uh, guideline to this effect. The third issue was um, the, co the committee asked that the minister ensure that social development, that the social development portfolio in its reimagining of social transformation aligned to targets. And I think we've done that within the context of the portfolio approach to ensure coordination. I think our APPs and strat plans are also now sector. Uh, 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 include uh, inputs from, from the sector overall uh, and the provinces. We shared this last week when we presented our APP and our STUD plan. Um, and then the other issue that you asked for, uh, that the committee asked for, was um, social development portfolio to move towards a more outcomes-based approach. And uh, we're pleased that our, our documents that we submitted last week, the APP and STUD plan, uh, are certainly speaking to this. Um, and and uh, an outcomes-based approach is embedded uh, in these, including um, uh, the fact that they are now more impact-driven. So our monitoring and evaluation uh, processes will look into, into the impact of our programs and projects. I think the other three areas that you raised, or the committee raised relating to expenditure, was an action plan to address controls and deficiencies and AG findings. <clears throat> We've developed the action plan chair, and uh, my colleague, Ms. Vilagazi, will take us through that shortly. Um, in terms of fruitless and wasteful expenditure, uh, we've investigated cases, um, and these were to serve at the Loss and Control Committee, but unfortunately, due to COVID, uh, we're not able to sit. So uh, we are resuscitating those, uh, that committee to ensure that it sits and deals with these issues. From a financial expenditure um, uh, reports and non-financial reports, uh, we continue on a quarterly basis to ensure that these are included in our annual reports as well, and as we report to the committee as well. The other issue relating to HR uh, with regards to uh, persons with disabilities, I think we, 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 we have not made progress in this area, Chair, and uh, some of the, we're still at 1.4% instead of 2%, and part of the reason why we haven't made progress is it's also attributed to the fact that uh, with the NMOG process that has come on, that has come on board, we've lost some stuff. 
and some of the colleagues uh, have moved to uh, other departments as a result of that. But we want to indicate that in the adverts that we've sent out, uh, these have the persons with disabilities has been prioritized. So HR will continue to work in that regard. I think, Chair, as we move on to the seven-page presentation that we shared with the committee, we want to just highlight that we've, of course, inherited work uh, of the previous administration. Um, and uh, what's helping us now is the fact that we've managed to put together action plans uh, that take care of things that um, are repetitive or repeat findings in this regard. We've also put together a tracking tool that assists us to account um, and come up with consequence management pro uh, uh, measures so that we are able to, 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 to avoid repeat findings, and in this case, and of course, uh, repeat findings overall. I think the other important thing is to, to highlight is the fact that we've resuscitated and in some cases established governance structures, uh, which were not previously sitting and now are sitting on a regular basis to ensure that we monitor uh, and evaluate progress as it relates to some of this work. So you would see that on the second slide of the presentation, um, in 2017-2018, Chairperson, we had 13 findings. We've increased, unfortunately, to 24 findings in the current financial, in, in the previous financial year, 2018-2019. We had 34, we had 11, okay. sorry, Chairperson. All right, proceed. We had uh, 11 cases that were resolved, or findings that were resolved, and 13 are still a work in progress. I was saying to the team that the word work in progress is a more diplomatic word of saying they are unresolved or they are um, not dealt with. So um, so I also wanted to indicate, Chair, um, maybe at this point I can hand over to Ms. Villagazi to take us through to slide number three. Uh, th I think I'll stop there for now, Chair. Thank you. Shall I take it that she is wrapping up the DSD's AG progress report on AG's progress report? That's correct, Chair. So we've summarized all of this into a seven-page document, and Ms. Vilagazi will okay. quickly take us through. Thank you. Ms. Vilagazi, you've got less than 10 minutes. Uh, uh, thank you, Chief. Uh, thank you, Chapasin, honorable members. Uh, the DG has covered all my uh, Sis Nelly, Chairperson, with your permission. Uh, okay. Sis Nelly, you are not audible. Can you try and do something about that? Thank you, dear. Thank you. You are still not audible, Sis Nelly. Okay. Thank, thank, thank you very much, honorable chair, honorable members. Uh, I think she's better now. Yes, she's better. Thank you. Summary uh, in terms of uh, how far are we progressing with regard to the uh, the the report on the implementation of the on the audit AG audit action plans. So far, in terms of the 2017 2018 financial year. We had uh, 13 findings, and then out of 13 findings, uh, there is progress as far as the the the, the, find, the audit findings were seven were resolved, and then the remaining six findings, the progress is as follows: the four findings were with regard to the uh, information technology, 
and we are not yet resolved because there is still work in progress. We do have two other findings with regard to internal control, where uh, is in relation to the money that must be recovered, but we've also engaged our legal uh, services to assist us as far as that is concerned in terms of the recovery. And then the last one is a finding where there is an investigation with regard to uh, irregular expenditure. But our loss control committee is uh, responsible for that and will be uh, recovering uh, that uh, uh, money. In the last slide is a summary with regard to 2018-2019 uh, financial year. Uh, we have we had 24 findings, and then out of four five have been resolved, and all our SCM uh, all SCM findings were with regard to the non-compliance with the SCM prescripts, and with the resolved that one. So the remaining 11 findings are not yet resolved, are work in progress. That includes our IT findings, which are carried over from 2017 to 2018 and to 2018-2019. We strongly believe that they will be finalized in the next financial year because there is work that is happening in this area. And then I must indicate, Chairperson, that um, there are internal control uh, processes that have commenced in ensuring that we do recover monies uh, with regard to the officials that owe the department in terms of uh, the internal processes that were followed. And then cases of irregular, fruitless, and wasteful expenditure were investigated, and also a loss control committee is attending to those issues. I must indicate that, Chairperson, some of the challenges before was that we did not have loss control committee in place and, and, and meeting regularly to attend to all those issues. So the committee is up and running and they do follow up on the issues. And then the last point is with regard to the SCM, which is in the process of finalizing the asset verification process uh, because there were findings in terms of minor and major uh, assets. So that uh, there is a delay now because of um, lack of capacity of issues addressed in terms of our progress report because uh, some of the findings was the fact that we did not have an SCM aid. So there is a process that Mr. Ndaba will report on in terms of how far are we in terms of ensuring that we fill in the agent vacancies that were there that then affected the performance of the organization. Um, I think, Chairperson, um, that is basically the summary. As we conclude, we, would want, we are recommending that the committee to note the progress that uh, we have as the department in addressing the issues that were raised by the Auditor General. But in the big document, there is a progress report that is linked that clearly articulates all the processes in terms of each finding and the progress thereof. We just did a summary in terms of the presentation. Thank you. Um, chairperson, then, with your guidance, oh, sorry. Sorry, please go ahead. Uh, thank you. I wanted to request that uh, maybe if we can go straight to Olile uh, with regard to the important audit finding in terms of how we do uh, oversight in terms of SASA 
and NDA in terms of our responsibility to do entity oversight uh, as the department. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. In a nutshell, uh, the department has resuscitated the entity oversight web. Wait, and wait, it is wait, that wait, 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 wait. And the minister has started to do engagement sessions wait. with the entities wait. as part of the, them accounting wait. to the department. Okay, hold on, hold like, on. The all the government's issues. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait. Which presentation are we doing? Thank you, Chairperson. Um, thank you very much, Chair. What happened is the ADG outlined the different uh officials that are going to deal with uh, different uh, aspects. I'm going to ask Team DSD, when you take over, do introduce yourself and the areas you're going to deal with. We are only left with three, four minutes, actually. No, so what start I at want, the beginning. Thanks, ZM. What I, want to, what I want to be clear about, there are three main areas of presentation. It's your DSD, your SASA and your MTA. I always want to know when we move from the other to the other so that we are clear what we are telling. Can we do that? Uh, sorry, Chairperson. Uh, can I ask the, the previous presenter to take the presentation off the screen, please? Thank you very much. Are they taking it out? Not yet. Sis Nelly? Can you take the presentation off the screen, please? Stop sharing. You can just press the button to say stop sharing. Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? Can you hear me? Uh, Sis Nelly, can you take the presentation off the screen, please? Stop sharing. Uh, Lindy? Yes? Yes, ma'am? I, I thought... Okay. Um, the chairperson, with your permission, the the slide on the is the one that the present the last presenter is using to answer chairperson's question. We are still on social development; they are wrapping up. Okay, the same presentation. Okay, no, it's fine, ma'am. Yes, Thank you. It's the, it's the same presentation, so I just wanted to indicate they are just wrapping up. Uh, please Thanks. wrap up, guys. Thank yes, you very we much, Mama. Three minutes left. Thank sure. you. Team DSG, introduce yourselves when you take over so the chair can follow, please. Thank you. Go ahead.
The last presenter for DSD, please go ahead. DM. Hello, DM. Chairperson. Chairperson. Is that is the ADG leading presentations now, or DM is leading? What's happening? I want. I also want to be clear who directly to talk to when there's something wrong, because I thought as DM you asked them to take over. Maybe you will come and close and do whatever you want to do. Yes, no problem, Chair. I was trying to assist because it looks like they are lost. <laughs> okay. ATG, can you lead? Thank you, Jim. Please. Thank you very much, Chair. Um, I think Pauline is going to talk about areas related to the civil society. Thank you, Chair. I'm calling the broker from the Office of the DG. I'll deal with uh, our efforts to deal with the uh, um, findings around a lack of uh, entity oversight by the department. The department has centralized and uh, focused uh, the work of entity oversight and now resides in the office of the DG. And the minister has started uh, shareholder accountability uh, forums so that the entities can come and account to her directly. So uh, all those things are taking place to improve compliance of the entities. The work of the entity oversight is not only uh, limited to SASA operations. We are as well dealing with uh, the National Development Agency. And there we are working on a shareholder compact so that we know from the start of the financial year what we expect from our entities and we give them guidance on how to achieve uh, targets. On the work of the entity oversight, as it is pertaining to SASA chain. We are as well working uh, on the organizational form of uh, that entity, and we're working on the <clears throat> modalities of establishing a board of directors for, for SASA. But that is work that we are still uh, consulting with other uh, government uh, departments and, and agencies. When it comes to uh, the SASA SAPO uh, payment arrangement, the minister has established a joint executive committee, which is chaired by the respective uh, director, directors general of the Department of Social Development and the Department of Commun uh, Communications and, and Postal Services. So those committees are meeting to look at the work of SASA as they are reviewing uh, the master service level agreement and the master service agreement for, for the work of, um, that is done by SASA on behalf of SAPO. Chair, well, what do you call that uh, a forum? It's the Joint uh, Executive uh, Committee, which is chaired, uh, which is okay. chaired by the DG of Social okay. Development and uh, okay. Postal Services. I'll pause there, Chair. Thanks. Hey, Thanks, Chair. Maybe just to round up on this on this part, tell me, uh, Chair. Maybe just to round up on this part, we want to say that what, what we've presented here is, is 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 a snapshot or highlight of what we are doing as a department. It speaks specifically to areas raised by the AG. We've unpacked the manner in which we are also uh, dealing with the action plan. Uh, but I think I need to just add to what Kolili was saying. The process of the NDA board is underway and we should be concluded in the next few weeks on that. And we'll be appointing a board. Uh, we, we're in the process of shortlisting as we speak. Um, just this morning, we had a conversation with HR around capacitating the oversight unit within the office of the DG, and we'll be bringing on board a number of people with the relevant capacity to assist in that regard. But I must say at, uh, at, at, at the end, um, portfolio, uh, uh, Chairperson, the portfolio approach 
has assisted us in reinforcing oversight in general and overall. The agencies now have CFO forums. When colleagues are putting together APPs and strat plans, they are sitting together over and above with the agencies, but also with with uh, with the with uh, with the provinces, but also with um, various stakeholders in the space. So we are really reinforcing this element of um, the portfolio approach, but also a more inclusive process of putting together our documents. I thought let me say those important points at the end, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, which, which unit is coming now? Is it Sasa? I yes, think it's Sasa Jefferson. Please, let Sasa come in. Uh, Mahaba, uh, can you please start, start this start presentation? Good afternoon, Chair. Good afternoon, honorable uh, members, uh, colleagues. We, the, the, um, the CFO is meant to be doing the presentation, but he's battling with the camera. So we then agreed that I will start with the context while she moves to a different office for her to be able to, to do the presentation. But Chair, key uh, to highlight is that there's uh, basically uh, four broad categories in terms of the issues that uh, emanate from the, the audit uh, action plan. And these cover the issues related to the SAPO contract. Uh, what's important to note is that this contract has been in existence for the past two years, and there's been teething problems in terms of us resolving issues with SAPO, and the, the, the uh, ADG indicated earlier on that the minister has since instituted a process whereby we engage not only between us and DSD, but including SAPO and their, their ministry to be able to resolve many of the issues that came from the contract. Many of the issues have been resolved, but uh, Zaki will talk to the uh, detail. The other issue relates to uh, the grants or what we call the, the core business, which is the status of records in terms of what it is that we've done so far and why it is that we did not resolve all the issues which always impact on, uh, on, on DSD. We started a, a process whereby we were actually scanning all the records that we have uh, to make sure that uh, it, it we, we, we can enable easy access for the for the AG when they do uh, um, the assessments, but over and above that, we have a holistic plan in terms of what it is that we need to do to automate our processes to make sure that we can improve client service. But over and above that, we can make sure that the status of our records continues to be uh, improved. The other aspect that uh, we will talk to is the issue of the irregular expenditure. It's important to indicate that most of these actually date back to 2015-16. Why they were not resolved uh, uh, is as a result of two broad issues. One is the fact that for quite a while we had a number of uh, leadership changes which date back to 2016, and that made it difficult for us to be able to resolve many of those issues. And many of the, the, the top uh, eight cases that actually uh, relate to irregular, fruitless uh, and uh, expenditure, uh, either than damages, actually dates back to 20, uh, 2016, uh, 2017. So we'll talk to those uh, three broad uh, 
those eight broad cases and highlight what it is that we've done, we, we has been done in relation to that. We only have uh, two cases, which is two cases too many, that have come into the portfolio in recent years, and one of them uh, relates to the issue of properties, which uh, is always impacted uh, on us as a result of the relationship that we have uh, with with the department that provides support. The one is as a result of uh, uh, DigiNet, uh, which was more a communications um, a program that we had that we needed to deal with. The labor relations issues uh, are issues that I think we've we 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 now have a uh, quite a lot of improvement but we, we, we are doing much, much more so that we can ensure that particularly the big cases are resolved by us ensuring that uh, we have external people that can help by providing support with regards to that uh, so that uh, we can finalize them. Three of them, we've already started the process. There's about five that are remaining. We've actually employed a, a, a senior person to be able to help us drive those 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 uh, those cases so that we can resolve them as soon as possible together with them um, using uh, the state attorneys uh, for them to be able to provide support. Chair, at a high level, that's what I wanted to indicate. Uh, Zaki will take the rest of the presentation in case it's required. Zaki. Your high-level CEO has taken five minutes. Thank you. Proceed. Thank you. Who's going to present now? It's Take Riwa. Take has lost five minutes from your good uh, opening. Thank you. Yes. Good. Good. Good afternoon, uh, Chairperson and honourable members and DM. I will be able to take you through um, the rest of the presentation. Chairperson, are you able to see the presentation? No. I see you, not the presentation. I do see you. Oh. Uh, uh, can I assist? Uh, can you ask our IT to assist to to screen the presentation, and then there we can it. indicate and we can there indicate which page? There okay, fine. Uh, we can go straight to page uh, slide number five. Chairperson, um, this is the summary of where we are as an agency in terms of dealing with the audit action plan uh, in relation to the commitments that we have made. We had about 82 uh, management commitments in terms of resolving the audit actions um, that were identified by the Auditor General. Of those, we finalized 77. Um, there are about 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 few in head office and one relating to Pumalanga, and I'll be able to share uh, of the status of those uh, critical issues that need to be resolved. Um, the next slide, please. In the next slide, Chairperson, one of the big issues that we had in terms of the year 1819 related primarily on the contract that we had with SAPO, uh, of that was primarily around the issue of the 
reconciliations and also the enforcement of the master service level agreement and the service level agreement. So in terms of that, Chair, we have finalized the negotiation of the fees that needed to be paid uh, to SAPO. And we have agreed that actually in terms of the NPS um, fee, it means that we will be paying them 665 and over the counter 68 rand and, and the traditional cash pay point 176 based on the cost involved in terms of the payment channel that beneficiary chooses. So in this instance, we managed to really at least resolve that part. We have got treasury approval to support that variation of the contract or adjustment of the fees. Uh, next slide. Uh, in terms of the issues that the AG did indicate and which was of a problem related primarily also the issues of the supporting documents um, and also the reconciliation in terms of the SLA. What we have agreed, uh, Chair, was to review the SLA. And we did the review process, but we did delay to really finalize the negotiations on the fees. So those two issues are finalized. We should be able to have a sign of SLA by the end of, of, of May. So at least we'll be able to resolve this uh, going forward. So the agreement with SAPO will run for another period of three years in terms of the fees that we'll have agreed with them. Next slide. No, 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 wait, Saga. Saga, wait yeah. a bit. Can you clarify the issue of records and SLA? The, the issue of the SLA, what we have done is that we have already done with the draft the SLA. Or oh, the problem in terms of that part of the, what we have agreed with SAPO was to say that if ever the money was not um, uh, drawn, we needed just to be able to get that money being paid back to SASA, which was in contract version of the banking laws. So we had to really sort out that, those kind of agreements in relation to that. Secondly, was more around the issues of the reconciliation uh, of the payments that needed to be made to SAPO. So that part we have agreed on the reconciliation framework, which already I will be talking to in the next few slides. Okay. All right. Proceed. N next slide. This I already dealt with it when I presented. I think you can just pass in terms of what we needed to do. Next slide, please. One of the other issues that chair, which we, we struggled with it was to really get support to do the cash payment in terms of the SRD, the social relief of distress, this best in terms of cash. So we did have an issue around it. And what we have done now is that we have done the training, but we also engage support in terms of the module that need to be utilized or the business process that need to be utilized actually to pay SRD through cash. Although there are a few technical issues that we still need that to deal uh, with with SAPO, but this matter has been sorted out, um, uh, which affected some of the provinces. Next slide. One of the issues that the AG has raised and repeatedly and the briefing of the portfolio committee by the AG has identified primarily that there are long outstanding cases within the organizations um, that relate to the financial misconduct. And the AG was worried of the time that it takes to finalize uh, those cases. I can confirm, Chairperson, that um, 
282 cases have been finalized and finalized internally in terms of out, of, out, out of how much? Uh, in term, uh, out of out of a thousand uh, seven hundred and uh, cases, out of seven hundred cases. Okay. So there is a slide that I've already indicated and I included on on that for the honourable members to be able to take it. It's actually the summary is on slide number fourteen. So of the seven hundred and sixty-one cases, chairperson, we we did manage to to really be able to get uh, two hundred and eighty-two cases finalised. And I need just to put a rider on this. When I said finalized, is because if we have considered it to be condoned, the condonation does not happen within the organization. It has to be done through National Treasury. So these cases, although we have finalized the consequence management, we still needed to present them for Treasury. So we did present them, these cases, actually in December, and we're still waiting for Treasury to consider them to condone or not condone them although internally we finalized that process. So we're left with 444 cases that we still need to deal with. And, and part of that consequence management to in, enforce and fast track this process, we also appointed uh, a labor or legal specialist just to assist us to be able to conclude on those cases, including the strategy that we need to follow, because we know that dealing with disciplinary processes, it needs to be done in compliance with the framework provided for labor relations. The next slide, please. And one of the other issues that were raised by the AG was the whole issue regarding the 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 the, the external assessment of the SASA internal audit function. And this issue is that there's a need for preparation. This matter will be concluded uh, this financial year because every five years there should be an external assessment review of the SASA internal audit um, uh, function. So that will only be done this year, Chairperson. And also the other issue that the AG had to really be about the risk assessment. So we done with the 1819 risk assessment was reviewed and signed off by the CEO. The 1920 was also done. But what we are busy with now is the 2021 in terms of the financial year that we are in now. So that part has been taken care of. Next slide, please. One of the big issues that we are faced with is the issue that affects the DSD, and this has to deal with what we call the grants files. So what we presented to the, to the committee previously, we said that we're already doing the back scanning, which means that all existing records will be scanned and become in electronic format. But also we said that the new grant application we're gonna do an ongoing scanning. So this project, Chairperson, has been affected by the COVID-19, so we couldn't roll it out as speedily as we wanted to uh, because of the limited staff, but also in terms of the changes within the circumstances. So this is the project that we are gonna be concluding during the 2020, 2021. And although we have done the training on the SOCPAN and we have been able to really roll it out, but it was affected. And that relates to the, the grant uh, files. Thank you. The next slide, please. Next slide, please. Chair, that is basically what we have asked in terms of the, the status of the of the regular expenditure register. 
So you could see that we open actually with 1.8 billion and we this is how we have dealt with it. Of that 1.8 billion, we have one case that was condoned by National Treasury, 358 million. We, we have moved the 316 based on the constitutional court uh, outcome on the CPS SASA matter and that amount becomes recoverable. And this is what the honorable members asked whether any portion of the 1.5 billion will be recoverable. We also so what identified is recovery? Sorry. What is recovery the, 300, the 316 million. Okay. The 316 million is recoverable. 358 million is, is, has been condoned by National Treasury. Okay, uh, sorry, I see it. Sorry. Yeah. And, and of those total cases, Chair, we are only left with about 1 billion to resolve, um, and which are the eight cases that the CEO spoke about, which I've done the summary for the honorable members. And I'll just take a high level view on them, on those cases. Next slide. In terms of the current, because we believe that we needed to take a snapshot whether to say whether our prevention mechanism is it working in terms of the new cases. So this is what we close the year with. We close the, the year with new cases to 68 cases. And you can see that 57 cases had to do with the lease office accommodation. And, and this is as a result of offices where we currently occupying SASA. And we needed to really get the Department of Public Works to conclude the procurement process, but also engage National Treasury to be able to stay in those offices with um, the deviation approved. We also had one contract related to 2015 that when we reviewed the contract and engaged with National Treasury, there's about 25 million that we recognize as, as a regular expenditure because of the variation of the contract around it and we had about 10 other cases that came in so for the year 2019 2020 it's about 83 or 84 million that we incurred as a regular expenditure of the majority being the least um, office accommodation next slide please next slide yes so this is a snapshot, uh, Chairperson, but we did indicate in the previous sitting of the portfolio committee to say that what does the bulk of the, the 1 billion involves? So the 420 million relate to the extension of contracts. And where we are now, we are instructing the state attorney to deal with the issues of uh, getting a chairperson and a person to initiate in this case. The next case was around the lease payment. We did get a condonation of the 358 million uh, from National Treasury. There's a, the next slide, please. Next slide is about 60, 76 million. And in this case, we know that Treasury has done the investigation on this matter. Currently, we are only dealing with the disciplinary process for this case. So we have already appointed the presiding officer and initiator to conclude on the staffs or officials that were involved in the said case. In the next case, the 316 million I already spoke about in the next slide, the 316 million I've already spoken to about. There was, oh, next slide, I'm on slide, slide 20, Chairperson. So in the slide on slide 20, what we, is a, is a contract which is a ICROP contract 
currently there's a dispute with the service provider that was appointed for this. So this is a matter that is currently in a court of the 279 million. You, you've got you've got two minutes to go, Utagi. Oh, okay. The, the, the 43 million, um, which is on slide 21, slide 21, it, we are currently appointing um, a, a presiding officer and initiator for that transaction. In, in terms of the slide 22, the, the 16 million relate primarily to the report currently we are waiting from National Treasury. They are reviewing that process and they'll give us the outcome of the report. Of the 12 million, it relates to the communication and marketing deviation that was applied and currently there will be charges leveled against officials uh, in the few weeks coming. Next slide, please. So the other slide chair, relates primarily to what we the, the portfolio committee has asked about the AG's briefing, recent briefing of the 7th of, of, of May. And, and what we have done after that, we just to give you a snapshot of what actually has happened. So around the financial management, we said actually it will form part of the year-end procedure. So before we give the financial statement, we would have identified the recons and everything that we are busy with it. But in the next slide, it talks about the litigation with CPS. I think I'm not going to get into the details of each one of them. There are about three main litigations on slide 25. So that is the is 316 million that we're recovering. And there's a 74 million that we're also recovering from CPS. And there is also 358 CPS is claiming against SASA. On the performance management chair, the auditors. Just a second, just a second, yes. uh, Target. Is the 316, is, is, is that one the outcome of the court? Yes. Okay, proceed. So we have already taken a debt against CPS. We have already issued a letter of demand. It's a legal process just to make sure that they pay back that money. So in terms of the performance management, the AG did confirm that the issues that were raised in their report previously were sorted by the agency. So that is, it has been uh, finalized. The next slide in page, on, on slide 27, just give you a snapshot of already what I've spoken about in terms of the consequence management, that indeed we let's are not, implementing. Let's not, let's not repeat that. Yeah, so, and, 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 and the, and the last slide, which I need to speak to, is slide 28. That's the last slide. Uh, this gives a snapshot about the, the issues relating to the lease portfolio, where we have incurred 57 cases. So these are the issues that we have done to close that gap. We have engaged with National Treasury, and currently we are resolving, finding the solution in terms of the cases that currently we are occupying without the necessary approval. So we have agreed with Treasury, they are assisting us in that regard. But we're also reviewing the policy around the immovable property, uh, and we're also dealing with the issues of the public works that we're engaging public works to fast track the procurement process of the portfolio that we've already asked them to deal. So the other ones, I think, is a repeat of the information in terms of the strategies, Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, ADG was coming next. Thank you, Chair. The, the CEO of the National Development Agency is coming in now. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Good afternoon, Chairperson. Good afternoon, Deputy Minister, Honorable Members and Colleagues. 
Uh, I'll be taking through the progress thus far on the uh, implementation of the turnaround plan for AG findings 2018, 2019, 2020. Uh, slide, please. Proceed, please. Next slide. Uh, the opinion, I won't go through these slides. Uh, I won't go through. These are the findings that they had and the recommendation that they had advised us to look into. Please proceed. On the useful lives, we have responded in terms of the, the asset verification. Okay. Can you hold on on this slide, please? The useful lives and impairment assessment, this is how far we've gone. We've completed the verification as, as guided by AG. In terms of assets, uh, we by end of March, we've done this process. And the staff, they're in the process of reconciliation of the fixed asset with the GL. And the accounting entries already uh, related asset and disposal will finalize the process by uh, will finalize this process by end of May, which is now. Um, proceed, please. On financial management, we have completed the verification of asset. We've done the reconciliation, and uh, also in terms of HR, the asset management function that we identify is a priority in terms of compliance within the finance was discussed between the internal uh, units that are responsible for that. So there has been a discussion that has taken place in order to resolve these matters. And, and this will assist in, in addressing the finance related to assets because some part of the asset management was falling within the unit of HR, whereas others was falling within the unit of the finance. So we have a sense of alignment in terms of having one sense of a, a responsibility on the function. Next slide, please. Performance management in year changes to the APP. We were not implemented. Uh, okay, the in year changes were not implemented as per APP plan. The APP report will therefore in, uh, be in accordance with the approved uh, on the basis that already the year was what the the app that had been approved we all had already implementing that app so the timelines could not allow us to review some kpis which were not in line in terms of the ages finding of what we we're supposed to be performing against the decision not to amend uh, app was prompted by that little period that we could not do the uh, e effective changes that needed to be done then we'll, the management presented the explanatory document uh, clarifying the KPIs, the technical indicator descriptors to the AG before the commencement of the, AG, uh, of the audit this financial year. The systems for effective performance management, there's been a delay in the, in the implementation of the IT system in terms of collation of data, which had a very huge impact in terms of verification, especially on the core program, which is program two, where we are reliant on the CSOs and uh, capacity building, the interface thereof, and capturing of the information and the verification thereof. So that is the process that we are dealing with in terms of making sure that our uh, performance information captures the verified information in terms of the current system, which is partially complete at 90% as we speak. At that time, by November, it had just gone live as a system that we had just uh, procured to, to effect all the capturing in terms of performance. Uh, next slide, please. Next slide, please. 
Hello. Uh, in terms of procurement and contract management, the challenges that we identify uh, are as what has been outlined there. However, we had uh, controls in place now. With the appointment of the CFO, uh, by the time we presented this plan, we're in the process of uh, recruiting and appointing the CFO. Now that the CFO is part of the NDA, bulk of the findings by AG sits in the area of the finance, which is um, uh, the custodian of the CFO. So with the appointment of the CFO, the whole uh, area of the BAC, the compliant issues are being taken care of. The whole expert and cinema management now serves at the BAC as members as appointed by the CEO, whereas previously some members <clears throat> Some members of the BAC were junior members, which was in contrary to the policy in terms of who's supposed to sit at the BAC. That has since been corrected. The appointment of staff that pre uh, with proper expertise to serve as BSC members also has assisted our processes in terms of crafting the specifications accordingly and the scheduling of big committees and training for additional staff is what the CFO has been driving in terms of making sure that we are complying to the policies and the legislation. All those other team members in other the stewardship of the CFO, I think all the processes and the issues that have been uh, highlighted are now um, being complied to and now being corrected under the leadership of the CFO under this procurement and contract management. Next slide, please. The list contract regularized during the current financial year Management regulars the following contract, which is the head office lease, which is Pine Town through National um, Treasury's approval. And uh, another one, which was a, a issue of a query, was the George District Office, which has now been resolved. Next slide. The other office sites that were identified are, uh, are these ones that have been highlighted here. However, through the termina termination of the leases or tender cancellation as part of the consideration cost re-rationalization. We have since um, identified that all those leases that are about to come to an end, which were forming the bulk of the irregular expenditure as uh, a historic uh, finding. To say most of our, our findings have been more on the leases that were historical. So all these other offices that are highlighted here are coming to an end. The, the leases have been terminated and so forth, which addresses part of the bulk of uh, what is uh, of uh, historic leases with the leadership of the CEO, CFO. So this will assist us in planning going forward. We are not looking forward uh, to having more offices. Rather, we want to piggyback on the infrastructures of the civil society that we service in localities as well as the municipalities. The SASA in some offices will work with SASA and some offices will work with uh, social development. So as NDA entity, we rather direct those monies which we've been uh, utilizing for office spaces to grant fund and going through the processes of poverty eradication rather than to rent more spaces in terms of office. Next slide, please. In terms of all other tenders uh, that is uh, currently in, in, in place for this uh, financial year, we have initiated tender processes. The BACs are adjudicating accordingly. We have closed other tenders as at end of financial years, which the progress of the supply chain processes are taking place. We have uh, completed the wellness, the employee wellness, which for us was critical and key uh, during the transition and the transformation 
uh, migrating for the, from office-based to sharing of the offices and wanting to have some effect in how we do business. Uh, insurance services, we have not yet done the appointment. Uh, the re-advertisement of the tender is scheduled to take place by the end of the first quarter, as well as the records and storage services. We have targeted to finalize these processes by end of the first quarter. Compliance and management here in terms of what has happened for quarterly submission of quarterly SCM uh, report to National Treasury. We've agreed to be doing that. For 2018-19, all the reports of the quarterly, um, quarterly reports on procurement plans, they were submitted on time uh, with their POE as part of Annex Chess. With regards to quarter one, it was submitted a bit later instead of the, the date that had been scheduled to due to approval delays, uh, issues with the board uh, in terms of uh, the, the, the curating of the quorums of their meeting. Our board has been really struggling to meet on a regular basis based on the, the threshold and the number of people that have resigned from the board. Then submission of quarter four, a, a report extended for May, which we are still in line with the due date in terms of us submitting to National Treasury. So that has been given by National Treasury as an extension. The planning processes were synchronized with the budget processes uh, for this financial year. And the conclusion and the submission of the first quarter of, of the APP to National Treasury was adhered to by the 31st of March. Monitoring of the current financial year uh, irregular expenditure. I think here is where the CFO have done the thorough work in terms of monitoring the monthly expenditures. As we continue to deliver our services, we want to ensure that on our monthly report, part of the, uh, the report speaks purely to the regular expenditures, that is time, time is being monitored by the office of the CFO. Next slide, please. Next slide, please. Hello. Next slide, please. Uh, thank you. Compliance in terms of investigation. No, go back to the previous slide, please. Here, in terms of investigation of previous irregular expenditures, the process is ongoing. We had initially sought the guidance from the National Treasury because the first part of uh, this process, we had thought the approval was to be done by the, the board in terms of condemnation, in terms of the in-house investigation. However, we since discovered that there were other, the framework was determining that we needed to, to have independent cases uh, dealt with on, in the, on its merits. And most of these cases are linked to the bulk of the historic irregularities in terms of leases of the office space. So by appointing the CFO, she has assisted the process of analyzing case by case as far back as 2006, 2007, up until the last financial year. So those processes are now between the HR, the CFO has finalized the process of the analysis, and uh, with National Treasury at first, we approached them for condemnation. And then they since said, we need to come back and give really compelling uh, reasons why they should condone. With as far as uh, the people that have left the employ of the agency, it was difficult to institute the corrective measures or the, 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 the corrective measures, yes. So it was an issue of saying, 
we were not in agreement with Treasury, where they were saying, I should, as an accounting officer, open cases against those people who have less, since less the employed. And only they would only um, entertain our plea for condemnation once there has been a arrest of those people if they were found to be guilty. If there were not outcomes out of this, those cases that were open, they couldn't attain, entertain them for condemnation. So this beginning of the beginning of the year, that was in January, we've since agreed to say even if it's a case that has been opened to the police, they will be able to access it to to accept it for for them to process once our internal process as well has been finalized. Appointment of the CFO spoken to that and um, reporting system of performance in, in, in information. I think I've touched on that to say where the 90 percent. The use of default account has been corrected. Review of service level agreement in terms of the supply chain processes we have or on the new contract, we have finalized that as well. And um, next slide, please. On the trip BRRR, these were the recommendations. The process progress thus far, the board has been appointed as at 1st of April. The board was ap ap appointed, that was the last for a financial year. But now they have since been extended for this new financial year as at 1st of April. Next slide, please. Uh, the program, the progress on the SCM with the appointment of the CFO, I think I've covered on that one as well to say we've been done. She has done a quite of a a magnitude of a work which really was a gap for us as an institution since we didn't have a permanent CFO. And uh, in terms of the HR, yeah, I think it's more around the CFO appointment. The HRPM plan has gone through the approval processes and we are waiting for the approval by the subcommittee and the board. And as I have indicated that the, the, the board has just been extended as in the new financial year, which is 2020 for the next six months. HR policies have been reviewed and are waiting uh, the board to approve uh, accordingly for this current financial year. We have 16 policies that are waiting to be approved by the board. Uh, next slide, which is I think is the last slide. Here we have agencies reviewed the SCM policies. This SCM have been SCM officials have been trained. We have applied our approval of participation in terms of transversal contract uh, to uh, seek assistance from National Treasury in those irregular and fraudulent and wasteful expenditure, which I've highlighted earlier to say we had a different arrangement. However, they came back to say they are putting back the ball at our court to say let's restart the process which we had thought we had finalized through the board. These processes will be encouraged and strengthened through the NDA capacity to, to implement the corrective measures. So we'll be seeking the support of the experts in terms of service providers who will assist us to implement a corrective measures where the immediate supervisors out of the whole process could, be, could not be able to do uh, what is expected within the framework of the legislation or policies. Next slide, please. In conclusion, uh, we recommend that the portfolio, portfolio committee should note the progress report against the action plan on 
Auditor General's audit findings, 2018-2019 annual report, and the budgetary review and recommendations report. Thank you, Chairperson. You are very good on time. Uh, thank you very much, uh, ADC. Chair, perhaps just to indicate that the minister is back in the meeting. As far as I remember, she said she was leaving at quarter to four. Oh, okay. You might, you might be misrepresenting the minister. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, ATG, are there closing, are there last remarks you want to make before we go? We go, go for, to engage the report? No, I think we're okay, Chairperson. I think the colleagues have provided um, the reports. Uh, we will then be guided by the committee in terms of okay. the questions. Okay. Uh, Chairperson, just to let you know, yes, I am back. I went, it was the shortest <laughs> meeting, I'm back. <laughs> so as Chair, as you can see, I'm not uh, misrepresenting All right, you, All right uh, Minister, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> uh, Honorable members, DSP has presented, SASA has presented, NDA has presented. Can the members engage? You know our standard, yeah? Uh, Hi. Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. As our normal way of um, capturing the, the members that want to participate, I have seven members who wrote on the meeting chat to say they want to ask questions. Um, I have member Masango, uh, yes. but uh, before that, I just wanted to indicate that um, member Sukers has an urgent matter to attend to. She was number four, and I'll move her name up to start as number one so that she can leave the meeting. She wanted to leave the meeting, said I must just convey that message. Number one is Sukers. Number one is Sukers. Number two is member Masango. Number three is member Abrahams. Number four is member Eris. Number five is member Nguenya. Number six is member Priet. Number seven is member Wait, Liz wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait. sorry, Number five is, is member Nguenya. Number six? Uh, member Priet. Oh, Priet. Priet, okay. Yeah, Priet, yes. Okay. Uh, number uh, seven is member Fanda Merve. Yes. Uh, Chaperson, I just wanted to note that uh, member Mutawung uh, is struggling to join the meeting. He said that I must just convey that the message that he she intended to come, but due to technical challenge uh, challenges, she didn't manage to come in. So that's that's an apology. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you, honourable members. Uh the time is improved. Uh, a maximum of five minutes. We can come back if it is necessary. Are we okay, honorable members, with that approach? Thank you, Chair. Okay. Members yes, Sanker? thank you, Chair. Mefro Seger or Akbare? Honorable Seger? Honorable Seger? 
I think, Chair, we can proceed. I will try to, to, to check on him. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Thank you so much for the presentations from the department um, through the, uh, the acting DG and the, and the DDGs and the CEO of the CEOs of the agencies. I really um, was, was listening at the presentations from the DG's side, the acting DG side, and what I would like to, uh, I don't know if it's a, com a comment or a, a, a question, Chair. In reading these reports and now being confirmed through the explanations that were given by the ADG and the CEOs, one gets a sense that we have three main things that have been happening that have triggered the comments from the AG. And those are the, over, the lack of oversight, um, the, the vacancies in key or critical positions, and the lack of consequence management. Those are the three things throughout the reports that I was reading that just kept popping up. Because if, even though the, the ADG was saying, uh, and maybe rightly, saying that they are taking over from the, they are taking, they've inherited some of these challenges from the previous administration. I would like to, to, to say that the people that are key in these things, in, in the actual implementation, are not necessarily from a previous, are not the new administration, but the, the previous, were part of the previous administration, which then means that those things that are gaps in the actual work being done are things that are historical as well. For example, Chair, I'm not going to go through all my all, all my uh, questions, although I know the time has been improved. But I just want to know that the ADG mentioned that the department is going to be um, engaging or or is going to be appointing, if you like, some social workers to do the work that needs to be done. One then gets very excited to hear that, and then you receive a letter from a, a, a social worker who was trained by the department, who is based in Limpopo, who then says that the department is not treating them as social workers, as professionals, as the other professionals that they engage in the work that they are doing. And, and he says that the reason for that is that they are given stipends, but they are fully trained four-year graduates. They are given stipends when other people are actually paid uh, in, in accordance with what they've been trained to do. And as a result, they feel like they are a stepchild, stepchild of the department and they are being exploited because they are, they, they, they are social workers. They are making that sound like it's because they are social workers and not the other a professionals that the, the, the department is actually working with and is, is, is engaging or is using in, the, in doing its work. And the second thing, Chair, and I read this from the previous uh, presentation that was sent to us uh, by, the, 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 by the secretary, and that presentation is the one that came from um, out of the department and into SASA. And that presentation is, talks about it, it goes from paragraph to paragraph on the on the AG's 
um, as uh, AG's uh, remarks or, or comments. And it talks about, on paragraph 22, it talks to, there were 16 deviations for the period to the value of 723 million rands. When the CFO of SASA was speaking to this, to this point, I didn't get the sense that this amount is actually what the CFO was speaking to. It, does this mean that the work has been done to reduce the number from 723 million to a number that was quoted by the CFO? And then the last thing, Chair, uh, speaks to the, uh, the, the issue of the money that, were, that is now recoverable from the from CPS that the CFO of SASA referred to. Now, when I was reading this, this uh, document, it says that the, the actual um, court case from the, the, the court of appeal, the, 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 the court of appeal, it was on the 30th of September, which then means that there's been such a long time since that time to now, only when we are talking about the recoverability of that money, uh, uh, what has been happening throughout all this time that we are only now saying that it's now back in our books and we are issuing invoices to actually get that money. And Chair, thank I think, you, I think, I think um, that will be it for now. Well done on time, Honorable Abram. Thank, thank you very much to interject. Sorry, Chairperson. Uh, Member Sukers got lost uh, when you called her name. She's back with us now. I was thinking maybe if she didn't manage to yeah, speak man, previously. You must, you must find a way of whispering to me because people will think okay. that we are chatting together. Sorry, uh, sorry, Chair. Honorable Sukers? Okay. Honorable Sukers? Can you see? Baris Akbarisega. Honorable Abraham. Um thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. Um Chairperson, um the billions and millions in um irregular expenditure really pains me during this um time because, I mean, it could have been billions spent on food relief to the poor. And since the minister has now joined us again, I would like to ask the minister if she can't please speak to us about um, her, the draft document um, dated the 7th of May 2020 entitled Directions on the Distribution of Food Parcels in South Africa during COVID-19 and beyond. And maybe just explain to us in South Africa why it is that the department is proposing a ban on cooked food and why is it that we are now creating more bottlenecks Honourable, and red Yes. We are dealing with the progress on AG's action plan. Yes, we yes. Are going to have, no, 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 I want to request honorable members that if I remember very well, there's an I, there's a meeting where the minister will be doing that presentation. Respectfully, Chair, that meeting is in 16 days' time. And as South Africans, we would really like to know, are we going to be placed in jail for feeding our neighbours a hot pot of food? 
And I think right, that we'll attend to that. It's okay. Proceed. Proceed, honourable. Need to know about that. Up with your five minutes. It's okay. Proceed. Yes. On. Thank you. Thank you, Chi. And I mean, like I was busy saying, South Africa would like to know. In our last committee meeting, our virtual meeting, we were reassured that nobody was going to, nobody else was going to be thrown in jail and arrested for distributing cooked food. And now this document seems to be going against that. And I mean, if the department's concern is about sustainability, CSOs have been sustaining their communities for 48 days since the start of lockdown. And many of these CSOs, CSOs have been doing it without the aid of government. And if the concern is about dignity, Chairperson, where is the dignity in a mother and a father's who can't feed their children because their children is a hungry chairperson. This directive will actually cause irreversible trauma and pain and suffering in our country. And I would also like to plead with the minister and if the acting DG can answer that is the, are these directives not unconstitutional as it is infringing chair on our constitutional bill of rights to have access to food. And I'd also like to find out when will the minister be signing new directives relating to COVID-19 so that South Africans and our CSO community know where they stand, um, Chairperson. And then just on the issue at hand, the action plan, the, I would like to know on slide 15 from SASA, um, the wide area network contract, who is that contract worth for 25 billion? And then also a more of a comment, I sincerely hope that at our next um, financial report back that we'll be seeing a lot less um, performance bonuses paid out, seen, seemingly that it is management that did not implement and management that did not review and management that did not monitor and management that did not perform as the root causes for all these um, billions of irregular expenditure. Thanks, Jay. Thank you, Honourable Abraham. Um, Honourable Iris, Thank you. Thank you very much, Chair. Afternoon, Chair. Chair, mine is also on this irregular expenditure, but I have noted that they have appointed a labour relations specialist. My question then, uh, uh, don't the department have labour relations department that can deal with, with, the, with these issues? I've also noted that most of the sanctions outcomes of this disciplinary hearings are written um, written uh, warnings for um, training etc the question is that i have seen that we have recovered three uh, 314 million from cps however i have not noted a single cent that has been recovered from this irregular expenditures um, because, I mean, then I also would like to know the cost. If this labor relations specialist, is he a full-time employee or is he a service provider that will deal with um, this, this outstanding cases from the 744 cases? And then, Chair, I would like to speak on another issue that is a really a concerning issue, is the issue of this NSPAS. Um, there was in, I didn't recall that I have read anything that was saying that once the NSPAS students will apply for this 350 rent, that they automatically 
will lose their NSFAS um, benefit. Because right now, there were some of the students that did apply, and we cannot, we cannot deny our young people the right to education because of, of our young students are losing the NSFAS. And you know that oh, most no, Aris, of, we are of the students you. are reliant. Yes, thank you, Chair. I will finish now. And then what were you saying about um, I'm saying that when the young students apply for this NSFAS, and then they automatically it's the, 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 they receive okay, the SMS that is stating congratulations, the application for COVID-19 distress allowance of 350 is successfully. Your NSFAS agreement is automatically terminated. That is what the SMS says, and then there's a reference number. This is a total unacceptable situation because even though there was never mentioned that, that the students will lose their NSFAS benefit, we cannot compromise the NSFAS student benefit for 350 rand. However, they could all that they could have done is that they could say, sorry, you are already on NSFAS, so therefore you don't qualify for the 350 rand. You cannot, we cannot uh, play with the future of our young people in this country. The other concerning factor is the on the 350 uh, uh, unemployment benefit is that we will we will find that because you receive the 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 females or the women are receiving the 350 rent uh, child support grant for the for the for the children, it means that most of the men will benefit out of these 350 because they are not the ones that are receiving the child. Grant benefit. However, the parents of these of these kids that receive the grant are also unemployed. How are we going to deal? Because we deny the we deny a woman that are that are unemployed from this benefit because she received a, a child support grant. And then the last one that I would like to also bring to your attention, Chair, most of our people in the informal settlements and um, they are unemployed and they don't have a roof of I just want to find out how will we will we deal with that one. Thank you, Chief. Thank you, Honorable Aris. Uh, Honorable Nguenya. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Uh, thank you for all the presentations that we have had in the last hour. Uh, questions will be as follows. Uh, firstly, I would like to find out on the, my question is on slide six on the SASA presentation. Uh, I see that with uh, the intervention that has in, been implemented uh, to monitor and enforce uh, the service standards of the SLA with SAPO, that there is a high level committee that is chaired by both ministers of social development and communication and digital technologies. Now, my question would be that, uh, what is the mandate of these committees and what is the progress or the or achievement of this committee so far? Are they achieving the mandate? Are they making any progress? Because it is said that they will be in place until services by SAP have been stabilized. Uh, when will they be? And what is uh, their progress report so far? Uh, I would also want to find out on uh, that payments were made 
uh, without proper validation or without following procedures, payments have been made by SASA to SEPO. Uh, are there any people who have been hold, held accountable for that and what were the consequences besides implementing these interventions that we have read of, about in, in, in the report? And also with these 282 cases that we are told of, uh, that uh, officials, others have been given written warnings, others have been all of got taken to training. Um, my question in this uh, chairperson, I don't know, I stand to be corrected, but um, I think we have had this, this, this report on 200 cases for quite some time now, and everything is still the same. Nothing has changed with, with these cases on irregular and, and fruitless expenditure. We are always told of this 282 cases, and we are always, it is a repetition. Uh, I'm sure if I'm able, if I were able to go back to the office in Parliament, I will find a report with similar a, 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 a report on these uh, 282 cases. Now, I would like to find out that this labor relations specialist that has been appointed to deal with this, when was when were they appointed exactly? When did they uh, commence on dealing with these issues? And can we have uh, these cases, the 282 cases, unpacked so mm -hmm. that we understand? Because it is said that some of the uh, uh, um, officials might have uh, committed more than one of these uh, uh, irregular or fruitless expenditures. Can we have these cases unpacked so that we know that Utelisi Lenguenya has three cases? One that uh, she was given the, the 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 sanction was that she goes to training. The other was that she 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 gets a written warning so that we can exactly know uh, these 282 cases because they do not tally with the the, the verdicts and the sanctions that we see in the report. Uh, also, I would like to find out with uh, in in terms to slide 22 with the uh, irregular expenditure of uh, 12 million, close to 13 million rand of payments that were made for communication and marketing. These officials are said to have submitted written represent, uh, 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 representations of why they did or what they did. But now what I want to know is like, while we are still waiting for investigations to be concluded, what is happening with these officials? Are they suspended? Are they still in their offices, still working? What is the issue with those with those uh, cases of irregular expenditure? On DSD, my only most concern right now is the filling of these vacant posts because they all are very important posts and they've been on and since 2017. And my request is that to our, our new acting DG, can we... Uh, uh, expedite these these uh, uh, vacants, these posts to be filled, especially we see posts like Director of Women Empowerment and Gender uh, Violence and, and Children's Acts. I think we these are the cases that we are dealing with right now. It is important that these vacancies are filled expediently and they are dealt with uh, uh, in a, in, a, in a precise way that we find what is happening because other posts, their interviews have been done three months ago already. So what is keeping the, the department from appointing these people into office so that work should be start uh, happening? 
On the issue of disability profiles uh, in terms of employment equity, I would really like to, to encourage uh, the department to look uh, into this issue of meeting the employment equity target of 2%. And when they do that, they must also concentrate on social workers that are disabled when they hire more social workers and also concentrate on female uh, employees as well. Um, on the issue of the CPS, the issue of the 316 million, uh, we, we see now that there is some sort of a new list of life that is coming because now Net One has said that uh, CPS has, has, has been uh, applied for, for business rescue. We will be looking closely into the saga and see what happens because it looks like with, there will be some new a list of life that is coming through. We have seen uh, some companies that are intertwined with CPS and Net One that they might be gaining something from the new businesses in DSD. So we will be looking into that because we feel that this money must really be paid back to, to, to Sasa and that it does what it needs to be done. Lastly, Chair, my request to Umam Totsi, Sasa CEO, I've had uh, numerous complaints about your HOD in KZN provincial offices, that he's not answering his phone, he's not helpful. Can you look into that, ma'am? I will send you detailed uh, report of what I'm talking about, but I, I, I request your indulgence in that. Thank you very much, Chair. Chairperson, you were muted, but I think it is my turn next. <laughs> I could read your lips. Thank you, Chair. Am I correct? That is correct, Chairperson. Proceed. Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. Maybe just to start with, um, I, I really concur with, with all of my colleagues um, thus far. Um, Specifically speaking to consequence management, Chairperson, um, speaking to the NDA, I really like the the way SASA presented their consequence manage, management in terms of who happened, you know, what happened to to what what official. And I would I would really ask whether we can we can have a a proper explanation of the NDA of how they have been handling their cases and um, their irregular expenditure cases. Have they done proper investigations? Because I'm not sure. Um, my my, my neighbor is having a new hobby of grinding, so I missed the speaker from the NDA. And I would just like to confirm, um, she said that they are just condoning irregular expenditure. And I would just like to con confirm, so we are not doing proper investigation, we are not doing proper consequence management besides um, laying criminal charges at the police stations. Is that correct, as I, I understood? that and and if that is correct i have a massive problem with that i think we need to strengthen our consequence management and i think we need to see a presentation as to how they have been handling these members that that are in contravention um of, of these specific of these specific cases of irregular expenditure and um, then to get to sasa chairperson i would also like to to announce that i am quite worried in terms of the way that we don't seem to be handling our irregular expenditure cases our outstanding cases that it seems to just be lagging and adding on adding on adding on every year 
Um, and I would like to specifically also speak to the labor relations specialist. We can get those details in terms of the SLA, in terms of what the tender process was, in terms of what the specifics are, how are we paying them, um, and do we handle them on a case-by-case -case basis, all of those, those details. Um, as I said, I do like the, the breakdown of the consequence management. Um, my fear is also, Chairperson, the 1 billion rand that we have spoken to with regard to irregular expenditure with SASA. Um, um, the, the speaker mentioned that it does not seem as if that is recoverable. How, um, how is SASA going, going forward going to ensure that with UIFW um, that we will actually recover those amounts? Because as I think it was uh, Member Abrams said, that one billion rand is, is really a lot. Um, also speaking to SASA, the fees of SLA, um, that they are paying to the post office. What is the annual amount to, um, of those those service transaction fees? What what is that that expenditure going to be per year um, for SASA additional to our normal payments of the grants? Are we we taking that into account? Because I'm quite worried if you see a 68 rand and, and taking into account we have what 18 million um, um, grant payers that that gets quite quite a lot. Um, also on DSD is IT findings and maybe just to hook on to, to what Member Nguenya um, also said and, and Member Ari's is we are having a, a very, um, we are having quite a, a tremendous problem with the 350 grant and even though I know that is SASA's system, um, we, we've had a number of queries of people saying that the system throws them off. It says system unresponsive, system timed out. And I would like to know from, from the department and SASA, how are we looking at improving our systems to actually make it more user-friendly, to actually not have our systems crash the whole time? Um, throwing out members because they they really get upset and and in a time like this I think we really need to do all we can to make it as as user friendly as possible and as <laughs> not crashing as possible if I can if I can be used unproper English um, chairperson but that would be my questions thank you thank you honourable Bert honourable honourable sorry um, good evening, um, Chair. I hope you can hear me now. <laughs> we can. Oh, great. Um, I firstly want to thank uh, um, all agencies for the presentation that they have made um, to the committee and specifically to see the um, difference in pre uh, presenting um, that shows that the committee has, uh, or the agencies rather, has taken on board what the committee um, has uh, put forward to them last year. I also um, am going to go to the COVID-19 issue chair um, because it is very important and I want to underscore what my colleague has said. We just need, I am appealing rather to the minister um, to please um, relook the new draft regulation that apparently is being put forward before the minister in terms of cooked food, we have a, 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 a huge concern with food relief um, efforts that would be hampered if this um, would go through. Um, one of the area, the urgent matter that I need to attend to has to do with food distribution right now. Um, so I really want to appeal to the minister to reconsider that. Um, then in terms of the um, I will also piggyback on what my colleagues have spoken about. I just want to highlight it differently, though, 
um, in speaking about how important it is for um, the DSD and its agencies to clean up the image of these agencies um, and to remind um, everyone again of the commitment that we have made last year as, as a committee that in the sixth administration we would be focused on efficiency and doing things differently. And this specifically has to do um, with the requests for condemnation and the uh, irregular expenditure and the investigations that are linked to that. Chairperson, I need to say that I fully stand with what Treasury has said, that there should be charges laid against uh, officials that are no longer with the department. And I want to also underscore what um, Honorable Brieta said, that these investigations need to happen. It shouldn't just be a tick box exercise. And the reason for that is really the restoration of trust in um, social development that is critical to South Africans believing in an effective government. So I really just want to highlight that just from an image perspective. And then to say that, um, you know, we, we've got 1,800 um, um, social workers that are part of the COVID response. I want to ask the department, we are dealing now um, here in the Western Cape with cluster outbreaks of COVID-19. I'm sitting with an issue in my constituency and I need the assistance of social um, development to provide psychosocial support where we have cluster outbreaks of COVID-19. I'm doing that, um, Chair, deliberately because it is a burning issue right now. It is something that we are dealing with right now and we need um, social workers to um, provide psychosocial support to those workplaces um, specifically. Um, I want to ask the minister as well, or the department, um, has there been given any thought to make pastors part of the social um, interventions that are happening in this current pandemic and beyond it as well? That there are solutions, uh, pastors, that certainly can upscale the efforts of the department providing um, capacity and support um, when it comes to issues such as psychosocial support, gender-based violence. I hear about the program that the acting DG has spoken of at a tertiary level that is happening. We need at a community level for gender-based violence to be addressed, for those programs to become um, centralized in communities. And pastors and churches can play a huge role in that. And therefore, I want to just reiterate, it is my constituents as well that has brought in the last couple of weeks and asked, can pastors be considered as essential services? And I want to ask the minister to please come on board to assist us with that because our communities need that. I think I have, I've run out of time, um, 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 uh, Chairperson, but I really just want to, yes, I'm out of time. You've got, uh, you've <laughs> yes. got a minute. Okay. Um, yes. So uh, again, I, I just want to appeal to the department with that um, to please be as serious about it. I know as officials and specifically from a human resource perspective, it is very difficult to deal with these things um, from investigation, especially if it's historic. But I am heartened by the fact that, that there are changes that the department has, has made. There's a labor specialist on board, and I'm just asking that we have that political will and um, to see it through to the end. That's it, Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Sekar. Honorable Fanamara. Honorable Fanamara.
Honorable Fanda Mavis. Hello. Come back, come back, come back, come back. You Can you hear me? You yes, I'm back. Sorry, okay. sorry. Can I continue? I'm sorry okay, about proceed. that. Proceed. Okay. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you to the Minister. Thank you to our colleagues. Um, I think I've been largely covered. That's what normally happens when you speak um, at the very end. So I concur with all the issues that my colleagues <laughs> have raised. But I would like to start with a general comment, Chairperson, and that is to say that throughout the presentations, um, I was struck by the words work in progress and ongoing, because I don't think that work in progress and ongoing is really a time frame. And I really would like to appeal that going forward when we do have these uh, progress reports, that we have got more specific time frames, because otherwise we run the risk if we keep on referring to things being ongoing or in progress, that we keep on rolling over these issues for years to come. So um, just in future, if we can have more concrete where, where we write ongoing or in progress, can we have specific timeframes? Um, on the issues of vacancies, um, Honorable Nguenya referred to it, but I think, you know, it's really unacceptable that we sit with a document that we had a look at earlier today, which states that some positions, critical vacancies have been there, have been vacant since 2015. And as she rightly said, interviews for some of these positions happened three months ago, and really COVID or no COVID, these positions must be filled without further delay. Um, I want to refer back to the BRRR presentation, which the acting DG started with, where he referred to the issues that we flagged last year on gender-based violence. And our specific recommendation was that we wanted the department to be more specific in its um, reporting to us as a committee on their gender-based violence programs. But again, Chairperson, in the APP and the strategic program uh, plans that we interrogated last week, they were again largely silent on their gender-based violence initiatives and interventions. For example, one would like to see post-COVID um, an indication, for example, how far have we gone in terms of working with other departments to absorb social workers into critical areas such, such you know, like, like schools, like primary schools, like, um, you know, police stations and, and, other, and other critical areas or in communities where, where violence might be prevalent. Also, for example, one of the issues that's outstanding is the shelter services and the strengthening of shelter services in line with the Commission for Gender Equality's recommendations, as well as the visibility of the call center. It's something that we often refer to. Um, I think more can be done for us, uh, you know, as a, uh, well, more can be done in terms of highlighting um, and, and making the call center visible and accessible, whether it is through the SABC or whether it is, for example, by promoting this number at, at primary school level. So those are some of the issues that I thought around gender-based violence. We need clearer reports. We need them to stand out and be visible in our, in our reporting and presentation to our committee. I also think the issue of people with disabilities from the BRRR from last year, that's still outstanding. I think there's no excuse for not being able to reach minimum, minimum, minimum target of employing 2% of people with disabilities. Um, last year, we also asked the department to, to, to approach or to adopt a, a more evidence-based approach of reporting to us. And while progress has been made in that regard, Chairperson, I also think are still lacking in that we need to see reports whether our interventions and programs 
are successful and whether they're making a difference in the lives of our people. And I mean, I'm specifically referring to our anti-gangsterism programs, our parenting programs, our drug awareness programs, our youth camps. It's no good for them to just be on slides because then they become a tick, a tick box exercise. Are they actually uh, impacting and making a difference in the lives of our people? Um, one of the slides it says DSD oversee irregular and fruitless uh, expenditure and to, to, to ensure that these uh, investigations are finalized. The update that we were given is it's been investigated and it's ready and, and to be presented to the last committee, but this could not happen because of COVID-19. So is my is my assumption then correct that it took a whole year for this process to be actioned, um, and why why has it taken so long to to oversee this process? Also um, to the to the to the DSD you, on slide five, your own ongoing issues with IT challenges. Why is it still a, a work in progress, and what is the ongoing challenges in this regard? With regards to your to, to DSD and its entity oversight, we heard that they have now resuscitated the uh, entity oversight work in the office of the Director General. They said that they are now producing monthly reports. Can we please be furnished with these monthly reports if it's if it's possible? I also share the sentiments of my colleagues with regards to the concerns about the specialist that is being brought in a specialist in labor relations. And I think we need to know the tender processes, you know, all of all of that in that regard. Um, but also, I think we need from SASA, Chairperson, um, I know we are going to engage them at the later stage, but I think we need from SASA a quick update with regards to how the applications for the uh, social relief of the stress grant is going, because there's been lots of concerns. And again, today we were seeing chaos Outside SASA offices of people queuing um, and people getting upset about not understanding the, the, the necessary information that they need, people saying that they, that they can't get through to the SMS line or WhatsApp line or it's not giving them time, yes, responses. So if we can have a quick update about how the process is unfolding. And I think um, Honorable Nguenya did allude to this, but it's very concerning that there is media reports or people now raising a concern that um, affiliates of CPS or people who worked with CPS before have now made a return um, to the scene and will be assisting SASA through a company called or will be assisting government chat and SASA um, through a, a company called Capital Appreciation or, or Synthesis. So we need maybe an understanding from, from SASA and its leadership whether they are aware that there is an allegation that CPS has made a comeback through the back door um, in, in, in assisting them to pay out this grant or the processes um, around it. So maybe if we can just have an indication in that regard. And I think uh, all the other questions uh, have been asked. Thank you, Chairperson. You're muted, Chairperson. Oh, Honorable Bilangulu, my apology. <laughs> Hello? On, Honorable Bilangulu, yes, take the platform, ma'am. Hello? Yes, we can hear you. 
Okay. Uh, thanks, Chairperson. You know, I've got a challenge this side. Uh, and it may happen that maybe I asked some of the questions that has been clarified. I was having a network problem. Okay, proceed in the manner you wanted, ma'am. Uh, my... <laughs> Okay. I think the first question, Chairperson, uh, Honorable Masango did ask about it. But when since this was what happened to be appointed there or after COVID nineteen, they will be they will they are going to be absorbed or not. Again, on the issue of um, filling of vacant posts. In most cases, the department seem to be uh, concentrating much in the national and provincial level. Meanwhile, the, most of the work is to be done at the district, and you find that in some district offices, there are uh, officials who left the five years ago, but they are not uh, replaced. Um, I can give an example of the district office around here where I'm staying in Vienna. There are a lot of officials who left the department, but the, the, the posts are still vacant up to now. Coming to the issue of 282 cases from I heard you asking about the total number we we can't hear you now, Honorable Welangul. She has disappeared. Yo. Uh, Ms. Ntabo, when Honorable Welangul appears again, we'll come back to her if she if we find her. Uh, All uh, right. Okay, Chairperson, okay, I'll do so. Okay. Hello. Chair. I can hear you. Hello. Yes. It's like yes. I'm back. Okay, uh, the, the last <laughs> the last issue, Chair. I think it wasn't on the report, but I think it can assist the committee and the and the department. I heard that in Sasa. Uh for the past years, they used to operate as regions. They were having nine regions, like we had uh, nine provinces in, in South Africa. But now, I heard that the nine regions has been condensed to three regions, where now they are operating having three regional managers. Previously, they used to have nine regional managers. But for now, they've been reduced to three. If it's correct, Chairperson, what I want to understand is that we're having a lot of challenges in, in Sasa. Meanwhile, previously, they were uh, operating with nine regional managers. But now, if they condense them to three, do you think they are going to be able to, to assist or uh, services, servicing all the nine regions that has been condensed into three. 
the last issue while I'm, I'm still there is that what happened to all the six managers who were acting there as acting regional managers for the past five to six years? What is going to happen with their post? Where are they going to be reinstated somewhere else, but at that level as regional managers, or there is something? What is the law uh, saying about those people, the labor law against those things? Thanks, Chairperson. Uh, thank you, Honorable Milankolo. Uh, honorable members, maybe let me make my few remarks before I. Uh, I allow the department. Uh, I, I guess, Honorable Minister ADG, the biggest challenge to me is that when you deal with AG's report, once you reduce it to your own format, it becomes a problem. Because the risk we are facing is that we must deal with the interventions by the department in line with what has been rephrased. Remember last year, if not this year, by the way, we said it is useful in your metrics that you specifically write what the AG said on that particular item in the words of the AG. Then you can come to the next column probably, unless there's no root cause, you put the root cause, and then what you intended to do, and what is the status of that? Because we want to check if what AG, the way you understood AG, is the manner we all understand AG. But if what AG has been said has been paraphrased by the department, it becomes a problem. And that's the first point. Therefore, it would be useful that after this meeting, these reports that have been done here are framed in that fashion because it's easy to send that to honorable members in a software metrics. Because when I open my iPad, whether it's a computer, I look originally what the AG said, what was the root cause, and what have you done, what is the status of that? And I must always trace it from the original language of the AG. Some of you have tried to do that, but it doesn't appear ADG uh, to be a uniform approach. And I think we must correct that. Because when we deal yeah. with AG, we're not dealing with our opinions, we're dealing with the facts as they come from the report of the AG. Uh, the other thing, when you come to DSD, uh, there has been a, on, an irregular... There are different types of expenditures. You're irregular, you're fruitless, you're wasteful. There's a, an acronym they use. GSD has generalized that item. And SASA has reduced it in, into some specifics. They may not have done it 100%, but there's a clear attempt by SASA to reduce, to break it down to specific issues. That's why they are able to say out of 1,8 billion, 800,000 has already been attended to. 1 billion is still outstanding. But we can only be able to oversight that 
if it's written in the manner Sasa has tried to do it in the term, in, in, in as far as, but if you generalize it, we don't know exactly what you have dealt with. But I'm sure when you respond, you will assist us. NGA or Sasa, I just want to, to take this risk and say, Sasa has moved, in my view, in a very impressive way. There's a long way to go. There are still gaps. But there's a clear, there's a clear intention in Sasa to move in the direction of effective accountability in the manner things have been cleaned and so on. Of course, one doesn't expect 100% overnight, but their honorable members are still concerned, and I share their concern on a number of areas. But I thought it would be unjust not to appreciate uh, the report. I want honorable members to go back and check these reports and, and actually do comparison. If you go to Sasa in particular, there's an improvement. Even DSD, but the, the improvement is less impressive as compared to that of Sasa. But there is a movement in the direction we want you guys to go. But what I want NDA to clarify for me, you are saying a number of findings fall in the scope of the CFO. Can you clarify the committee? Do you mean that those findings AG made, which you say are falling in the scope of the CFO, have not been dealt with where they are awaiting the appointment of the CFO or the progress report you were given? Does it include every finding, irrespective whether the CFO was there or not? Please clarify, because the impression I had, I thought you were saying some of the findings fell in the scope of the CFO, so you have to appoint the CFO first, uh, before you can deal with those, please, if you can clarify us with that. But there's one or two issues I wanted to address, honorable members, on. On the issue of skilled labor professional, when we say we want to know the tendering and so on, I'm not sure if that's the trend we are going to follow because a lot of things that the department is doing have been tendered. That's why we depend on the AG to analyze those and in a very transparent way, deal with them. Uh, the, 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 the point I'm trying to make is that uh, I'm not sure if we want to deal in a committee. The, the details of a tender, which is not in question at the moment, unless the AG would tell us that. The second issue is, I'm not sure, members, when we talk about cases, if we say we want to know each case, these cases are about 700 and something, if we say we want to know the details of each case, and where does that take us? I'm not sure members will clarify, maybe one or two members can clarify those at the end. Because my understanding is that if the department says we have got 700 cases, we have resolved so many cases, to a certain degree it suffices, unless there's a particular case that attracts us. But if we're saying all 700 and something cases, we need a detail. I hope members will re-explain themselves on that. There are those things that I think we need to find one another on. Lastly, Honorable Minister, I have come to accept what Honorable Abraham is saying, that we are dealing with an emergency situation. There is no committee meeting that will escape an update on how we are dealing with the COVID. Maybe I would say at the end, maybe somebody must have prepared a summary to clarify all the issues 
that are relating to our dealing with the COVID and, and even the update that is necessary. Can I take the house back to you, Minister, and your team? Uh, Chairperson, I'll, I'll hand over to the ADG to to get the, the 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 responses on all the questions, and I'll I'll come right at the end, Chair. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Minister, Honourable Members. Um, let me at the onset again appreciate the wisdom of the committee um, and the inputs made by the committee. Um, it only helps us to get much better. Uh, you would note that we have additional resources in the meeting from our offices, both in terms of the department and the agencies, and I think the context around that is to try and ensure that whilst we may not be able to respond to all questions in this meeting, uh, we take note of those that we may not be able to time, and we want to instill this as a culture um, to ensure that we are able to respond to members in a much more detailed manner. Um, so, um, and that will also again assist us in terms of ensuring continuous effective accountability. I think we take note of the points raised, particularly as it relates to the timeframes in the audit matter. Um, ordinarily, these would be done within the following financial year, and what we are we are working on is to try and break these down on a quarterly basis and have progress reports uh, on on achieving some of these, uh, or rather, meeting these uh, audit findings. Um, the reporting will, uh, I can assure members, will be uh, premised on, on impact and results-based approach. Um, so when we report on a quarterly basis, you will begin to see how we are responding to these things. Um, maybe um, I also take the point from the chairperson with regards to the manner in which we respond. I think that what we presented was a more uh, uh, summarized version, but if you look at uh, the departments and I think uh, the NDA's presentations, um, they follow the, the, the process uh, as outlined by the chair, but of course we will work on uh, ensuring that these are all uniform. Um, I think those are good lessons learned for us. I think from, an, from the IT elements, I just want to say that the cause, the root causes uh, of why we had these repeat findings was based on um, the fact was based on whether we move or stay in the building. Uh, so the lease agreement had come to an end and we needed to make a choice of whether we continue or whether we stay. Now I must also express that the GTEC process is assisting us in this regard. We are moving towards um, uh, a campus. So what you will see in the next few years is that an entire DSD portfolio campus and uh, we are moving steadily towards those plans, um, towards working towards that. Uh, we. Um, in terms of ensuring that uh, some of the IT issues are resolved, we are bringing in strong control uh, uh, controls around IT governance and IT processes. Um, we're also resuscitating the IT steering committee, uh, which will now be meeting on a regular basis. So we want to do that to ensure that we don't have the repeat findings as it relates to, to audit issues. To, uh, to Honorable Masango's question. To Honorable Masango's questions, um, I want to just firstly highlight that um, we, 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 we are, we've embarked upon the GTAC process, which is around organizational design. Now, I must express that the GTAC process will also look at change management, as well as look at a skills audit, not just within the DSD, but it will be sector-wide. So I think it's important to state that. With regards to some of the issues uh, on, on, on social workers, uh, uh, Honorable Masango, my colleague, 
Ms. Villa, Ms. Connie will respond to that, but I think it's important I highlight that National Treasury has approved um, that we employ an additional 1,809 social workers, uh, and we will be um, outlining exactly how we're going to be deploying those. Then um, the issue of um, perhaps on the same issue of social workers, I think government uh, at large is beginning to move towards a, 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 a preventative uh, uh, stance or approach rather than a reactive approach. Let me give an example. And we think that the committee will be able to help us in, 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 uh, in, in terms of, of this approach. We need to employ more social workers than we employ more policemen and women. That will assist us. Um, and I think it's an, important, it's, an, it's an important element that we consistently drive. And I think what COVID has done is to help us rethink uh, or to have, uh, or government is to help government have a sort of a paradigm shift on focusing on measures that are more preventative uh, than measures that are more reactive. Um, I think the other issues that respond to vacancies, I can respond quickly to that. Um, I think members um, would recall in our last discussion, we expressed that uh, uh, there was a moratorium you, that was placed. Hey, did you? I just want to advise you, by 25 to the minister is coming in. Will be done by then, Chair. So I want you uh, to be clear so that whatever you do, 25 to the minister is coming in. Thank, thank you, Chair. So uh, members would, 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 would recall that um, when, we, when we came in, um, there was a moratorium placed, and I think the moratorium was over, how long? was about two years, which impacted on the... But that's not a, an excuse, and we have started looking at various measures to ensure that we are able to um, continue with the, with, with the recruitment processes. But I must highlight that the recruitment process in itself is in a is in a is in um, is at various stages. So some some are at shortlisting, some are at interview stage, some are at competency assessment stage. But it's also important to highlight that um, recruitment processes don't only depend on, the, on our department. It also depends on other stakeholders like SSA uh, and like uh, competency, people who do competency assessments for us. And there's been, of course, there's been challenges brought upon by COVID um, with regards to that. But we are looking at how best we can ensure that um, we, we, we work towards this. I think, Chair, I will stop there. I will then ask Ms. Connie to respond to issues of uh, GBV uh, and Peter to respond to issues of uh, cooked food uh, related matters and then NDA and Sasa will respond accordingly. I think if um, Sis Connie, you can also respond to the issue of social workers, the call center and shelters. Thank you very much, Chair. I hope you give them time. You must give them time because by 25 to you must be done. Yes, um, the TDGs have got two minutes each and the CEOs have got about about five minutes each. Thank you, Chair. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson and Honorable Members. I will deal with the question of um, social workers who are apparently in the Bombo getting started. I just want to confirm that um, there are no social workers, as I speak, in Limpombo that are getting stipends. The category of workers that are getting stipends are those child and youth care workers who were trained at a community-based level, and they are linked to NGOs, which we are currently looking at how 
can they be if they are appointed in government they will be salaried those that are salaried uh, the child and youth care workers are working in our facilities they, those ones they get salaries and not stipends and then in terms of the um, whether the 1809 will be permanent after covid the answer is no uh, because there's no extra budget the department will only appoint the 200 uh, that were uh, appointed on contract in November for GBV, so the department will permanent will make those posts permanent um, moving forward. And then the issue of gender-based violence, I think uh, it's coming up in, at every meeting. Uh, we'll have to see as a department how we integrate or we repackage our APP because a lot of operational activities are in the operational plans. So they are not coming out more frequently. At one point, I did present the work that we do broadly as GBV, linking with uh, substance abuse and HIV AIDS. So that work is happening, but is recorded at an operational level. But we'll have to see how we elevate that work to an APP level. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you. Chairperson, can Ms. Vilagazi also respond to the issue of religious uh, leaders quickly, okay. very quickly? One minute. Ms. Vilagazi, I know you are very good at that. At Sorry, not Ms. Vilagazi, Ms. Numalo, Connie. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. One minute. Yes. Yeah, there was a critical issue that was raised around uh, psychosocial support. Religious sector is one key sector that plays a big role in the psychosocial support. So before COVID, we have a, an, a working arrangement with the religious sector and the traditional sector. Including psychosocial support. So during this COVID, they also raised an issue that we need maybe to provide a space for them to assist, which we are also looking at to, for them on how they can assist us to do counseling where is needed within the space where they are. Thank you. Next one. No, no, no thank you. Um, we are. Go I'm going to. I'm going to ask uh, Mr. Nechipale to quickly respond on the issues relating to food. Okay. Two minutes. Is he back in? Hmm. Peter. Uh, maybe, Chair, can we move to the NDA quickly whilst Peter tries and get in? If the Secretariat can help us, he indicated no, he's struggling okay. to come back. To the meeting. Take charge, take charge, okay. NDA? Oh, okay, the, thank you, Chairperson. On NDA, the, the findings that we had were inclusive of HR, which is the 16 policies that uh, I indicated in the presentation that had been resolved. The 16 policies have been consulted, finalized. They are waiting the approval by the board. So the process started in November and had been finalized. The remaining findings are squarely on the finance in terms of supply chain. Most of the processes have been dealt with, uh, investigations have been dealt with. However, the bulk was on the leases, historical leases, where some had expired, some are coming to an end. So basically, that's where we are. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, CEO. Are you done, CEO? Thank you. Can we ask uh, the CEO yes, of SASA to please come in? Thank you very much, CEO. Uh, Ms. Memela? 
Uh, thank you very much, uh, Acting DG. Members, thank you, thank you for your feedback and your questions. Uh, I will try to respond to most of them and will ask um, uh, the IT to respond to the issue of the systems timing out um, as to what has been done and where we are in relation to that. I will also ask um, Zaki to come back on the issues that relate to to, to the timelines with regards to irregular expenditure. Uh, the, the labor expert is supposed, that uh, Paide was uh, employed particularly to help us with the eight big cases, because those are cases that I believe will require more independence in terms of us making sure that we deal with that, with, with them. He started uh, with us in January, and unfortunately we then soon uh, uh, had to uh, COVID started, but this, this does not mean that uh, uh, he stopped doing the work. We've already started processing the three uh, 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 three of the cases, as I indicated earlier on, so that we can make sure that we fast track uh, the, the the top eight cases, and I call them top eight because they are big uh, big big issues that we need to deal with. So that that's where we are in terms of. Uh, the irregular expenditure that dates back to uh, um, uh, 15, 16, 17, to make sure that we, we get rid of it as quickly as we can. Uh, so that we, we our intention is to resolve by uh, this financial year and to make sure that uh, all of it uh, is squashed, uh, meaning, meaning all of it is dealt with the way it should and where we need to do collections, we do exactly that and refer things to to other uh, legal uh, entities uh, where we need to do that. So that is on track. Uh, we, what we were engaging on is whether it would be allowed legally for us to have hearings online. And uh, that's the other thing that we're investigating because some of the, of the, of the issues may require people to be uh, connecting from different parts of the country. So that is also another issue uh, that is under investigation. So our intent is to make sure that we resolve all these irregular expenditures. Zaki, if you can come in and if we can then have a, yeah, that's about it. And, and, and relate to what it is that we're paying SAPO and what we were paying in the past when we we're paying CPS. Zaki. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> thank you very much, uh, CEO. Um, I will just start by confirming that the labor specialist is not a tender as an employee of the agency, so was appointed on a contract basis um, within the agency as an employee of the agency. There's the second question related to <clears throat> the issue around uh, around the cases. Uh, of the one billion rand cases that are remaining, uh, previously, a portion of it, about 706 million, are uh, actually handled by the CEO primarily because they they also affect the executives. The rest of the other cases are handled at, at at an executive level. So the cases that affect the top management of the organization are handled in the office of the CEO. The case relating to um, why it took long uh, to recover the 316, honorable members were recall that um, after the Supreme Court of Appeal, CPS went to the Constitutional Court 
And only in February, the constitutional court made a verdict relating to the 316 million. And only in February, we were able to take a debt against uh, CPS, which we are engaging in terms of the payment of that. Um, there was a question relating to the uh, one contract. That was the contract that we had with uh, Telcom, that a portion of that contract was found to be um, irregular because of the process followed to vary that contract to include additional work. So that it relates to um, Telcom. There, there was an issue about the 200 and whether we are recovering any other money relating to the irregular expenditure. I need just to reflect that irregular expenditure does not mean that it's an irregular expenditure incurred in vain. So it means that it's an expenditure that we have received in many instances, but the process to appoint the service provider was not followed. So the service was required, the goods were required and were received, and accordingly, a value was attached to such. So in that instance, you may not necessarily recover that money, but in the event you can deal with the, the consequence management of the officials that were involved in such a process. Not necessarily that it was an expenditure that was incurred in vain. So it means that when we need to deal with those cases, SASA does not have the delegation to condone those expenditures, uh, including the 282 cases that honorable members have said that we have been hearing about these cases. These cases will not be resolved until Treasury made a decision on the request made by SASA to get those uh, that expenditure condoned. Only at that particular point when Treasury say, yes, we condone it or we don't condone it, we'll be able to take the process forward. But at this particular point, SASA will have dealt with those cases and submitted to Treasury for, for, for consideration. There was an issue relating to the engagement between SASA and, and SAPO. We can confirm that, yes, there is oversight structures that currently monitor the implementation of that agreement. Uh, that include actually the top level in that regard. Yes, that process will provide reports to both the ministers when we are we called to come and brief them on some of the challenges or some of the interventions that we have implemented. There was a question relating, Honorable Chair, that they, they relate to the issue of whether or not the the issues of SAPO, how much we're going to pay uh, SAPO in, in relation to the fees. Mm -hmm. Honorable members need to know that the fees currently being paid are paid primarily based on the choice of a beneficiary. So if you go on an NPS system, Wait, which means... You have 30 seconds, CFO. Uh, okay, no, I'm just concluding, uh, DG. Uh, we paid... Um, almost 1.4 billion in 2019-20, and we're projecting that the cost for the SAPO-SASA uh, contract might be around 1.5 billion, um, based on SAPO remaining with the portfolio that they're remaining, being the majority of the accounts are held with SAPO. Um, yeah, I think I've, I've, I've covered um, that, DJ. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, CEO, please could you respond to the two issues around the, 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 the GMs as well as the issue around CPS? Thank you. Okay. Honorable members, uh, uh, DM and Minister, we started a process uh, in, in August last year where we were looking at uh, how are we structured as an organization. This dated back from uh, issues that were raised uh, 
by the AG, but also by the portfolio committee that we have had people that had been also acting for a very long time. And this is one of the challenges that we, we had. But over and above the, the acting uh, people, what we had was a situation whereby the organization, in terms of the structure of the organization, we had a situation where the number of people that were reporting to me were 22. And it was difficult uh, for, for us to make sure that in terms of de delegation of responsibility, that people are able to do what it is that uh, they are supposed to do. We then started a process uh, in, in August to relook really at, at the organization, but to look at a number of issues, to look at the culture of the organization, decision-making, to make sure that decision-making is actually uh, delegated uh, to, to local level, uh, both in terms of financial delegation, but also HR delegation, because all the things were actually coming to head office and everything is centralized in my office, which make me ineffective, but also which makes it difficult for people to do what they're supposed to do uh, at, at at local level, so that that was the journey that we took in term that that resulted in us beginning to consolidate uh, and make sure that we have uh, people uh, that can uh, ensure that they make the decisions in at at local level that the decisions that they need to make. The the number of people that were actually acting in the regions, the six uh, uh, regional. Uh, managers that were acting that uh, the Honorable was asking about, they already had jobs uh, prior in the organization. So what has happened is they've basically got, they are now going to be focusing on the grants administration side, providing uh, support to the REMs at local level to make sure that they engage with the political stakeholders, whilst the other, the, the, the other REMs can provide support in terms of making sure that we streamline the operations and we do what we need to do to make sure that this decision-making is, is fast-tracked. So that was the rationale. We still are going to do quite a lot of work in terms of making sure that we re-look at our business process. We're going to be doing business process re-engineering to make sure that we deal with those. So at a high level, that's how I can explain it, but we can document it uh, so that at least there's clarity in terms of how we arrived here. This, On the issue of, uh, is, is that okay, Lytton? No, no, you can go ahead with the CPS issue. I'm just worried about time. You've got about 30 okay. seconds. Sorry. On, on the issue of CPS, I just want to clarify that we, are one, we don't have a relationship with CPS at all. And uh, despite uh, some of the issues that have been raised in the press, which we will clarify using a document to, to, to the honorable members, uh, the, pe the people that are, are doing GovChat are not related to CPS. The, the person that uh, was a chairman and original founder of CPS actually left CPS long before uh, we, we had a relationship with uh, CPS. So they were original founders but they are not linked to CPS at all. The other key issue to address is that we didn't go out on a tender for us to be able to, 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 to get uh, the, the, the initial platform, uh, particularly with regards to us making sure that we have both the lines, which is the USSD line, and also the, the, the other line that we have, which is the WhatsApp line. So we didn't tender for those except uh, uh, on, on the lines that we 
got through Vodacom, whereby we actually went 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 through a, a proper a procurement process. We did a quotation process with all the telcos for us to be able to get that line. So they are assisting us in terms of the platform, and we're not paying for it because it's support that they are actually giving to a range of government okay. stakeholders to make sure that that platform exists. And it's not only us, it's also COCTA and also health. Hence, we started with the Department of Health platform when we started this process. Linton, I don't know if that's sufficient. It's sufficient. Thank you, CEO. Uh, Jefferson, I've got 30 seconds for Peter to respond to the food issue. And then we're going to ask DM just for one minute, very quickly, to respond to perhaps assist us with the issues on disability. And then Minister will come in. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Chairperson, uh, Minister, DM and the Honourable Members, and colleagues, uh, in relation to the issue of the Directive for Food Security, uh, let me clarify this matter right, because... Follow, keep your distance and, have, and, and use your, your, your mask also. Keep your distance there. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's gone from my my way. Okay. Um, in, in line with, um, uh, remember, honourable members will, uh, will will are aware that uh, under the lockdown, uh, um, COVID nineteen lockdown, even level five, um, there were things that were prohibited. For example, gatherings, uh, maintenance of a spacing. Um, on level four, the economic cluster passed a regulation that prohibits people to go to restaurants to eat, to eat, uh, but people could order. From our side, that also have got an impact in terms of our CNDC, where people used to come and eat in the CNDCs. And we prompted that we better, due to that, to maintain distances, and to ensure that we don't uh, transmit the virus, we then opted for a knock and drop, which is a, a de delivery of food parcels to the household. But we also found that in other areas, cooked food could be delivered to the household that people are aware of. And, and in line with that, the draft uh, regulations that are still internal, uh, that we ask HOD to comment, does not prohibit distribution of cooked food. If you look at section one of that in terms of application, it says that uh, food should be distributed, food and food parcels, food uh, meaning even cooked food. What we don't want is people to come to a center and eat there. Cooked food could be delivered to the a recipient of those food in the household. So the regulation doesn't uh, uh, prohibit it and allows it. But the coordination part was in terms of any food that we need to provide must meet the health and safety of it. We should not just give anything because it's food. It must meet the standard and the you must notify so, the department that's what's uh, great, Peter. that's enough Peter. thank you very much give to to give to the d to back to the dm quickly so that we can close linton get back uh, adg get back thank the you DM thank you thank you very
Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, Thank you very much, Can Minister. We, sorry, dear. Yeah. Sorry, dear. Just before the minister yes, comes in, just before the minister comes in, there's something that Honorable Mwenye wanted to clarify. Honorable Mwenye? Thank you, Chair. I just, can you hear me, Chair? Yes, I can hear you. Yes, Chair, thank you very much. Uh, the, my, my issue that I needed to clarify was the issue on the cases, uh, Slaloam. Uh, the issue that we needed the, the cases unpacked, we did not mean, I did not mean on my side all of the cases. My concern comes from Ekuteni out of the 282 cases. Then it is said that we are, the, the, the outcomes that are given uh, they seem not to tell you with the 282 cases because you will find that the, the person uh, has more than one offense. Now, my concern is that if that is the case, then if we have Udelisi Lenguena having committed three uh, 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 maybe fraudulent cases or whatever, and then it should be known that we have a person in this position uh, who is has committed four or five in this case we gave them a notice in this case we sent them to training that was my concern so that these numbers should tally thank you okay Chair. all right i think that is clarified uh dm uh, yo, dm yes one minute um thank you very much chairperson um i just wanted to indicate uh to to the committee that we are dealing with 7% in terms of the employment of people with disabilities and not 2% anymore because the white paper on the rights of persons with disabilities has upped and that is what we are working from uh, mm -hmm. as amended. That's the one part. The second part I wanted to say to Honorable Masango, part of what uh, the, the, the indication around the stipends and the social workers, it's, it's mainly also to add to what Connie has said, but to say to Honorable Members, what we had done also in terms of supporting social workers was that whenever there are, there are needs for volunteers for one aspect or the other, that priority be given to, to social workers uh, and noting the high unemployment level, but also making sure that they remain current and they remain active. So it has nothing, honestly, uh, in terms of disrespect meant, but we felt that Wherever there's a stipend of any program, let's give them priority so they remain current and that we continue to harness their skills and support rather than training people from the beginning all the time. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, Honorable Minister, before, before you come in, Honorable Minister, I think I've clarified myself on your standing item amongst other things. Thank you very much. Um, yes, Chairperson, thank you very much. I think the first thing that I'd like to respond to, by the way, there was that uh, uh, question from Honorable Nguenya with regard to the SLA with SAPO and so forth. I just want to say the state had, because she was asking about the mandate, what I decided to do was to get us to work with each other and the um, no, as, um, Sasa, Sapo, and my department, because what I was not comfortable with was the back and forth letters and all that. So I was trying to pull us together so that we work together and we appreciate the journey that we have to travel. 
we started the meetings, I'm not going to get, in fact, in part of the reports that we have to uh, 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 present, maybe at some point, was how and what we did immediately thereafter, including ourselves reporting directly to the president how we're trying to pull ourselves together to make sure that we appreciate and understand the space we are working in. That's the first thing. The second thing that I want to raise is um, I think the acting DG did indicate that sometimes we'll have to write uh, some of our responses in writing because the new space that we are finding ourselves in is really putting us under stress and strain in terms of how fast we are because of the time constraint. It's making us work in a new way. It's something that I promise um, uh, uh, from my ministry as well as the department. We need to try and find new ways of being quick with our answers because we are constrained um, uh, with time. The other issue I'd wanted to respond to is already responded to by Peter because this is a, a critical issue of the distribution of food. What is important, what Peter said, is the coordination with our communities because if people are going to go and distribute food, irrespective of whether the food is cold or hot or whatever, we need to make sure that it's properly coordinated because the one thing that I feel is not fair is really to have our communities being pitted against each other because this side there's food being delivered and on the other side there's no food delivered. So we have to make sure that um, it's properly coordinated. The one thing that I think we should really appreciate is that we cannot um, have a situation where we are not working with each other here and understand each other. So I agree, Chairperson, that because we are social development and because we are executive, the members might want to, us to answer certain, certain questions. We are, it's very welcome for them to ask uh, those questions, which are critical for the moment, but they must not be too many of those that end up us having to answer those rather than the agenda item. We are willing to answer the questions with regard to how we are addressing um, COVID. The other issue I would like to raise is that we must all recall that we have five levels. We've moved to the fourth level. And in that fourth level, we must be able to appreciate the different tools that are in the box from uh, somebody's disturbing there. Uh, you are right. Can somebody, it sounds like your department, Minister. When I listen uh, to the voice, none of the members. Yeah, speak some, like that. Somebody is disturbing me there. I want to say that we, the call for us is really to work with each other in terms of the, our responses to, uh, to COVID-19 and to make sure that we help each other in ensuring that the protocols that are expected of us are adhered to, not only by our institution, but also to help uh, the public, to help the citizens. All the protocols that have been done uh, must, be, must be appreciated. We are on a risk-adjusted approach. And the president has spoken so much about the risk-adjusted approach and the five levels that we have, that now we are at level four. My request to the members is to say, we must have a better understanding of if we are at level five, what does that mean? Sorry, if we are at level four, what does that mean? And follow up on when we move to level um, three, what does that mean? So that when we are now responding to the issues that are, are, are raised by, by members here, are also informed by the overall government approach uh, to the whole issue of the adjustment. We've got different sectors 
and we those sectors are important for us as 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 um, DSD. Also, in this process, we have the regulations which are in the main in the hands of COCTA through Minister Nkosazanadamini Zuma. But as a department, we are also expected to pass our own directives under that. So even the issues that members are raising in terms of the food, in terms of all that, they must please follow the publication of the regulations as well as the directives which are going to be continuously done on the basis that we have the risk-adjusted approach. And what is going to be... What government is going to be doing, the president will be speaking, for instance, this evening. It will be important for everyone to follow what he says in terms of ensuring what level are we at and what is the situation. Thank you very much, Chairperson. I know the time is out. No, thank you, Minister. Uh, I just want to restate this, and I think Minister will not be difficult. Because of the situation we are in, can we agree that every time portfolio comes, whatever the item, just have it on the COVID, whether it's so, will the minister respond to that? Agreed, Chairman. I, I couldn't can, hear you. Can you hear me now? I, I, yeah, I can hear you now. I missed you completely. You keep, uh, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are freezing. No. So, can, I was saying, Minister, because of this period in which we find our IAPR requires that it will be useful that there's a short update about development with regards to the current situation that we are dealing with. I, th- I said, I hope the minister won't find it difficult. I agree, Chair. I have no problem with that. Thank you very much. Uh, honorable members, uh, honorable, I, honorable Sabu. I, I guess you are working in an honorable. Uh, Ms. Mtabu. Any other item? Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. The the last item is to is for the committee to adopt the revised second term committee program. Meetings going forward. Maybe before we get there, I just wanted to say I want to repeat the issue of I think the the acting DG did respond to that. After this meeting, DG, this report that we've been updated on the action plan here and the progress, which I find useful, with gaps that members have pointed out, can you make sure that you send it in a matrix that was requested, that I've just requested? And again, you've heard what members are saying in terms of concrete results and the state, instead of saying ongoing and whatever, just explain where the thing is. And also want to emphasize that I think my understanding, DG, before we close, I think we must find one another here. My understanding is that in this administration, 
there's a significant attempt by this department to correct a lot of things that happened some years ago. And there's a demonstration to, to try to do that. But it means, therefore, in spite of that, the only things that are in the outer years are in the outer years in the past. In other words, what I mean is that if we're dealing with the last annual years, let me say 2019-20, the following financial year, which is 2020-2021, must only deal, must finish the work of the previous year whilst we're dealing with many other previous things. In other words, we cannot have the carryover of 2018-19 going forward. We understand the carryover of 15, 16, 17, 18, and so on. Did I clarify myself, ATG? I just want to check if we are in understanding of that one. Most certainly, Chairperson. Thank you very much. We, we, we take the point and fully understand. That's, that's very, very important. Thank you very much. Uh, and I remember the revised uh, program of action uh, in you, I, we table it for adoption. Maybe before we do that, my apology. Honorable Minister, yes. I want to thank you and your team. I think that was very rude. I want to thank you and your team as usual. As we proceed to the next item, you don't have to be here, you can be here. The, the, the department might have an interest because it will affect you anyway. But you are not uh, bound to stay, but we must be grateful, as usual. Yes, thank you, Chairperson. I will have to step aside because I've got the next meeting on the regulations and, and our directives. Thank you. Thank, thank you very much, Minister. Uh, honorable members, we are tabled the last item, our program of the... Which, is this the second term, uh, Mr. Tabone? Yes, Chairperson, it is a second, the second term yes. uh, program. It's been, it's been circulated, honorable members, we're tabling it for adoption so that it assists our team, our support team to actually start crafting the way forward. Honorable members. We are happy, Chairperson. This committee is happy. And uh, once this committee is happy, and I'm happy, and the program is adopted, there being nothing else to talk about, can I thank all the honorable members as usual in the manner you participate, in the manner you orderly put your points, in the manner we interact as constructive as we can. As usual, I must thank you again. Looking forward to another fruitful meeting. With the powers for now vested in me, <laughs> I declare the meeting closed. Thank Bye -bye. you, Chair. And thank Bye. you very much.